Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Jesus is still at the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles. He's been in Jerusalem since the beginning of chapter 7. And even though this is a short text, there's a lot here for us to cover. But before we dive in, let me thank the family leader for being our 2023 Daily Dose Devotions sponsor. You can learn more about the family leader and the announcements at the end of this devotion. And as always, thank you to the family leader for their support. Chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I'm going to come back to this at the end and make a more specific application. But before I move on, I just want to highlight how his audience might have heard what he said. These Jewish people would have been familiar with the Old Testament prophets like Isaiah, one of the major prophets. And in chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 1, Isaiah writes of the Lord, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. This section is talking about about the compassion of the Lord. And so when Jesus references, come to me, anyone who thirsts, it might have conjured that up in some of his hearers' minds. And he would have essentially been saying that those of you who are familiar with the Old Testament prophecies that say, come to the Lord, those of you who are thirsty, I'm telling you that to quench your thirst, you need to come to me because I am the Lord. If you've been following us through the Daily Dose devotions in the New Testament Gospels, it's not new that Jesus is making a bold and audacious claim that he is God. God, that he is the Messiah, that he is the chosen one who was prophesied from before to come and redeem his people. He hasn't come in the way that they expected him. He doesn't fit the package that they anticipated. And this is the core of the controversy that's been stirred up between him and many of the Jewish leaders. But Jesus continues to proclaim the truth about who he is. He continues to call people to himself. He doesn't shy away. He doesn't back down. He's not a coward. He's not intimidated. And even a statement like that in that verse about come to me if you're thirsty, which might be lost on us, is a very bold and, for many people listening to him, offensive statement that he makes. Let's continue in verse 38. Jesus says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, when Jesus references, as scripture has said, he's not specifically quoting a particular verse, but he is generally alluding to truths that are proclaimed throughout the Old Testament. Verse 39, Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So John is writing this in maybe 90 AD. This is well after Jesus' death and resurrection, well after the Holy Spirit was poured out on all believers at Pentecost. But he's writing about events that took place before all that happened. This is the Feast of Booths that Jesus was at in Jerusalem in the middle of his ministry. And so John's explaining to his readers that even though Jesus' hearers, when he said this at the Feast of Booths, would not have known exactly what Jesus meant, his readers should know that this is Jesus foretelling the coming of the Holy Spirit that would be poured out on all believers at Pentecost, which as John writes this, is in the rearview mirror of history. And by the way, just a couple comments about the Holy Spirit's role before Jesus was glorified, before Pentecost, versus afterwards. Just because the Spirit was poured out in its fullness on all believers after Pentecost, as it is today, does not mean that the Holy Spirit was not active in any way before 
before Pentecost. There are many examples in the Old Testament. Moses in Numbers 11, Joshua in Deuteronomy 34, David in 1 Samuel 16, Elijah in 1 Kings 18, Isaiah in Isaiah 61, Ezekiel, Daniel, Samson. Many examples in the Old Testament of people who had the Spirit of God poured out on them or who was living or working through them. If you go all the way back to Genesis 1-1, it said that the Spirit of God was there at creation, hovering over the face of the waters. What changed at Pentecost, which Jesus is foretelling and John is telling in retrospect, is that from that time forward, the Holy Spirit is given to indwell every believer. Not just a few here and there that God chooses for special roles, like in the Old Testament, but every believer. So you and I are empowered, indwelled by the Holy Spirit if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In this text, Jesus also refers to whoever believes in me, this will happen to. John has mentioned believe or believe in or believing several times in this gospel. In John 3.16, it says, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In John 5.24, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me will have eternal life. They won't be judged and they've crossed over from death to life. In John 6.40, it says, for my father's will is that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. So there's been this significant emphasis on believing in Christ and receiving eternal life, receiving redemption, forgiveness, salvation, access to God. And finally, this ties back to what we read earlier where Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. We've mentioned this before, that believing in Jesus in a saving way is not just agreeing with intellectual facts about Jesus. It's not just passing a test of Jesus was the son of God. Yes. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Yes. Jesus rose again. Yes. But true belief, true receiving Jesus involves, in the words of this text, coming to him and drinking. This isn't just agreeing with him about who he says he was, but it involves a personal trust in, a personal reliance on, a personal relationship with, a personal participation with. We don't just come to Jesus and agree with him in an intellectual way, but we drink. We drink Jesus. We receive him. We personally rely on him to fix the problem of sin that we have between us and our maker. And the reason I'm taking so much time to spell this out is because I'm concerned that there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians who think that because they agree with Jesus in their head, that means that they have received him, that they have drank from him in a way that actually saves. And if you're one of those listening to me who has drank, who has received and not merely believed in an intellectual way or in the way that many people who followed Jesus just because he was a miracle worker and an interesting fellow, if you're one of the people who truly gets that, it's incumbent on us to make this clear to the people in our circles, the people who we have influence with, our kids or grandkids, our neighbors and friends, even people we go to church with who might not understand the fullness of what it means to receive Jesus, not just believe in his name, to come to him and drink. Come back for more next time. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. 
Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.